0: listening to the end of the ball game and hoping it didn't go into overtime because I wasn't sure how I was going to preach from my office listening to the game. <laughs> do have a wireless microphone. I guess I could uh, sit in there, but I'm sure you wouldn't want to hear me cheer and scream at the radio when I ought to be preaching. But um, thankfully the game got over. I told Nancy, I said, if that game's not over by six, nobody's going to be at church. I said, there won't be anybody there. Nobody. She said, you think so? I said, nobody's going to be there. I said, I have to be there. I know they won't be I understand. I know how it goes. But um, I hope you had a good afternoon. Uh, We we were invited over to Drew and Wendy's house uh, to watch the ball game. Of course, they're Kentucky fans, like probably the overwhelming majority of you, although I do think that I'm winning a few of you over, uh, or not. But anyway... But we showed up, and all we have something that fits everybody in our family that has Louisville on it. and So there we rolled in. I told Randy, I said, I even parked my van out in his driveway with a Louisville flag right up there. And so I'm not sure he knew that. He'll find out later, I guess, when his neighbors give him a hard time for whoever that was with a Louisville flag. But, uh, but anyway, I, I, I hope your afternoon was good. I know some of you probably got some rest or spent some time with family. And um, hard to believe it's 2009 already. I don't know about you but uh the days uh, seem to to creep up on me uh more more so than i'd like i guess uh time flies pretty good and and uh, school starts again tomorrow and we will get back into our routine lucy's been out of uh, kindergarten now for about 3 weeks and so uh we've been able to sleep just a little bit later and i'm not looking i, I don't she she probably won't be affected by it like i will i'm not looking forward to getting up just uh, you know half an hour earlier tomorrow so anyway but for many of us, I guess the routine starts tomorrow. Uh, just a couple of announcements to remind you of. Uh, of course, uh, when or excuse me, Tuesday night will be the widow and widowers' banquet. if you're uh, in that uh, group or uh, know someone who is, uh, if you're a deacon and need to make some contacts, we'd appreciate if you do that uh, to follow up with that. Uh, that had to be rescheduled, of course, because of the, the bad weather that we had back in December, so we're going to do that. Tuesday night at 6, and uh, so we hope that you can be there. And then also, this morning I mentioned to you about our prayer request cards. Uh, I don't know if if that made sense to you this morning, but they're in front of you, and and we'll try to keep those stocked as best we can. But if there's something that you'd like to pass on to us, feel free to do that. Uh, That doesn't mean that you can't do it any other way, but this is just an easy way for for us, honestly, to stay organized with it and to make sure that that you have a way uh, that you know uh, can can be passed along uh, easily. So, anyway... Um, Drew, I just told him I parked my van in your driveway with a Louisville flag hanging on it. So uh, I don't know how many of your neighbors would appreciate that, but anyway. Um, so uh, other than that, uh, we're pretty well status quo uh, from here for a while. Obviously, with the holidays being over, uh, we'll be uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, unless you hear otherwise. And um, and uh, so anyway, uh, this morning, obviously, we got into the book of Joshua, and there. There's, a, there's an awful lot in this book that we can get into. If you've got your Bible, go ahead, and, go ahead and flip there, I'll give you, give you some time to, to get there. We're going we're gonna to be in the same passage of Scripture tonight that we were this morning. There are actually, uh, in some passages of Scripture, not all, but in some there are kind of parallel uh, applications and parallel meanings, uh, nothing mysterious, it's just it can, it can apply in several different ways, uh, the same Scripture. And so we're going to look tonight at the same nine verses that we looked at this morning, but... What I hope to draw out is something that is not, it's not different, it's just alongside what we looked at this morning. Obviously, we saw this morning that if we're going to have true success, it's got to be redefined, because if we allow the world or or just outside circumstances to define what success is for us, we're going to constantly fail, because we won't reach what God determined is ultimate success, which is being faithful and obedient to His Word. And the good news in all that is not that... That there's there's an insurmountable object in front of you. The good news is is that everyone can attain ultimate success based upon that. You don't have to make a certain amount of money, or even if you do make a certain amount of money, you still can be successful regardless. If If you lose all your money in the stock market, like many of us did this past year, we can still be successful no matter what you face. The Bible says you can have ultimate success based upon your faithfulness and obedience to God's word, and so. That was kind of our foundation, and, and, and building on this series, if we're, if we're going to experience ultimate success, first of all, we've got to know what it is, and, and then begin to pursue it. And so we looked, obviously, this morning, if you were here, at, at some of the, the, I guess, the starting points for pursuing this ultimate success that God has laid down for us. And, and as we look at these verses again, I want you to, to pick up, and it won't be very hard, but I want you to pick up on what God sort of repeats in this passage of Scripture. And he, and he does this throughout the book of Joshua at certain times. So look at it. Your phraseology in your, in your Bible may be a little bit different than mine, but, but there's one particular phrase that God repeats a couple of times here in this passage of Scripture. It won't be hard to pick up on, so, so there'll be a quiz at the end. All right? When we get down to verse 9, at the end of it, there's a quiz at the end, so pay attention. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be very strong and courageous Excuse me, to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. All right, here's a quiz. Now, uh, maybe you don't like quizzes, okay? You can just excuse yourself from the quiz. What is a phrase that God repeats a couple of times, three times I believe it is, in this particular passage of Scripture? What does he command Joshua to do over and over again? Be strong and courageous. Told you it wasn't hard, all right? So there you go. You succeeded. You did good. Be strong and courageous. There must then be, when you read a passage of Scripture and something repeats itself several times, there's got to be something to it. God doesn't put anything in the Scripture for accident, and He certainly doesn't, by accident, repeat things in the Scripture. And so there's something about this particular phrase, be strong and courageous, that we ought to pick up on. And and obviously when it comes down to fulfilling the will of God, to being faithful and obedient to God's word, to having ultimate success, there's something about that that then we need strength and courage to make that happen. And we talked a little bit about it this morning that probably one of the main things is because we don't know what's coming. We don't know what we're going to face. And there will be times in our lives and, and one of the I thought about this this weekend I got word from from uh, my uncle actually that a that a friend of our family uh, is pretty sick. Uh, he's a, a guy probably fifty, maybe fifty two, something like that, and he's been in the hospital for a while and he's pretty sick. And and I, I I maybe I shouldn't, but I wear that stuff around. I don't know about you, but but when things, I, I suppose I'm bad about this. But I, I hope it's a good thing. Um, I wear that kind of stuff around when something is going on. Uh, that affects somebody that I know care about uh, love whatever that that 's not I just it just it consumes me and i don 't typically wear my own emotions on my sleeve very often, but I typically wear other people 's stuff around if you know what I mean by that um, and, and we 've had situations here in our church with different different people who 've lost loved ones who who have been sick and so on, and that just really that affects me in 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 some strong ways, and i 'm not even sure how to explain but Maybe you're like that. Maybe you can relate. It just kinda gets you down. You know, and I and I found myself being down this 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 weekend because of, of Randy, my friend, who who I've known since I was a little kid. You know anybody like that? He just you just kinda they were always around. Now he's really sick and I just think what's gonna happen to him and 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 so I, I realize that that as I get older, and this is one of the things that, that I really am not looking forward to, I have to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not, obviously, I don't consider myself to have a lot of life experience yet, but at the same time, the more that I get, the more I realize that that kind of thing happens a lot. And I know that many of you have experienced that. Uh, Very close to you, a spouse, a family member, a son, a daughter, or whatever it is, just the older you get, things happen, and boy, that that really bothers me, and I struggle with that. And so I know that from this point looking forward, that that there are going to be things that are going to happen that I'm not expecting. And I may know, well, yeah, that's part of life, but it still doesn't make it any easier. You with me? I mean, I, you know, it, w- yeah, we can we can expect that that's what's going to happen at some point, or, well, I, yeah, that, that's part of life, but it still doesn't make it easier. And so in order for me to be able to deal with those things, those unexpected things that are going to happen, there's going to have to be some strength and courage that's going to come from somewhere to help me be successful when I face those obstacles. And so... I know in my own life, that's what I'm staring down the road of. And, and in my 30s now, I get to kind of get a glimpse of that. And yet, the, the more that I am in the position that I'm in, kind of seeing all of that, and then the older that I get, and then obviously the older my friends and my parents' friends and grandparents and so on get, I see that more often. And so, obviously, we'll need some strength and courage just for the journey of life. And I think that, that based upon what Joshua was going to face, God deemed it pretty important and made it very clear that there were going to be some intangible things that Joshua would have to have sort of in the tool bag as he moved forward. Strength and courage were going to be two of those important things. God commands it three times. And he even says, haven't I told you? Be strong and courageous. I've commanded you to do this. Be strong and courageous. So this is, this is not an option for us. As believers in Jesus Christ, we don't have the option to be strong and courageous or be weak and timid. We don't have that option. The Bible commands that we be strong and courageous. Now, I could just leave you with that and give you a, a cheer and send you out the door and everybody would say, what do we do now? What happens tomorrow? What happens this year? What happens in two years? What happens down the road? And so, I don't want to leave you with that. And yet, the command is very clear that being strong and courageous is not an option. And so, even though we redefined success this morning, you know as well as I do, that you can walk around with just a redefinition of something and it doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. You can say, well, I know what success is. Success is being faithful and obedient to God's Word. And yet, you're going to face something at some point that's going to require a little bit more than just a redefinition. It's going to require something intangible inside of you. And strength and courage is probably that. And so, I want us to sort of walk through how it is that, that we can gain or have access to this strength and courage because it's both required and it's available for our journey through life. And so, uh, if you look at verse 1, it says again, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the Israelites, prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I am giving the Israelites. This has been a long time coming. This had been promised for hundreds of years to the Israelites, way back when Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 was told, get up, leave the land of your fathers, and go to the land I will show you, and I will I will give you a blessing, I will make you a blessing, I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you, and your inhabitants will be as, as numerous as the stars. Genesis chapter 12, way back there, God gives this promise that he was going to give his people an inheritance, a land, and so this is now the, the fulfillment of that promise, and joshua who had followed moses around for quite a while now is faced with his task now if you consider that you might say well that's great he gets to really experience something incredible from god and certainly he does and yet one of the things that god mentions is that he's going to cross the jordan river typically during the time that it's believed when this was written and set that the jordan river was flooded it wasn't just a little stream that you cross over in your car going down highway 94 it was it was a river that was overflowing its banks that really probably seemed to have no real beginning and no real end. You could probably stand on one side and barely maybe see the other side of where the river was. It was flooded. And so God shows up to Joshua and says, Okay, now Moses is dead, and now you're in charge. So not only is that intimidating, because you've got two million people behind you waiting to see what you're going to do, because they're waiting... Breathlessly to find out when do we get to go into the promised land. Your mentor is gone, and now you're in charge, and you've got to cross a flooded river with two million people behind you. How do you pull that off? And so it's obvious that this task that Joshua was going to be given would not be easy. It wasn't going to be something that was simple. Verse 6 says this, "...be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance." He's going to divide it up. Two million people, kind of hard to make that many people happy. Difficult to make two people happy, much less two million. So Joshua stares at what is going to be seemingly an insurmountable task. So on the journey, what's required is strength and courage. And one of the things we've got to be able to do in order to rely on that strength and courage is to clearly understand the task ahead of us and what we're up against. This task was too big for Joshua. It was too big for one person to overcome. There's no way he could have just created enough boats or something to happen to float everybody across the river, and then all of a sudden he's already got a plan to distribute the entire land. This task was bigger than him. The things that you face in your life are bigger than you. The things I face in my life are bigger than me. I don't know what to do with them. And I'm sure in your life you have situations and things that you know... Looking back, I didn't really know what to do at the beginning of that particular situation. Whatever it may be, trouble at work, difficulty in your family, the death of a loved one, an illness that you're facing, children that you don't know what to do with, whatever it may be, you just say, "I, I, I don't know, this thing is bigger than me. I need some help from outside of me to take care of it. And our resources can't accommodate our problem most of the time. Joshua didn't have what he needed, it seemed, to cross the Jordan and then distribute that land and the truth is that no matter what you face tomorrow or coming up that it's different than anything you've ever faced before why because you're in a different stage of life than you were before maybe even when this happened you know as a parent I know that that the issues that Nancy and I face now as parents of children five three and one are different than what we'll face when they're seven five and three and then when we have three teenagers all at once won't that be exciting Maybe not. 17, 15, and thirteen. 18, 16, and fourteen, and nineteen, seventeen, and fifteen. Three years, we get three teenagers, all at once. I have no idea what I'm going to face. And some of you say, "You're exactly right. No clue." You know, and I, and honestly, on a on a more serious note, I suppose you know we we don't know what is ahead of us. Everything that we'll face from this point on will be in some way different than what we faced before. The resources that we've used before may not work for what we're facing ahead. The wisdom that we've had before may not be completely appropriate for what we're facing ahead. And so as a result of that, you learn to realize here's the task in front of me. Here's what I believe God wants me to do or here's what I'm up against. And you realize, I I don't know what to do. I can't deal with it. This is bigger than me. And then we get to verse 5. And it says this, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. And here's one of the key verses in all of Joshua. I will be with you. The Lord is talking here. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. And look at the end of verse 9. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. None of us have any idea what we're going to face. We can all agree that what we're going to face is bigger than us and the things that we're going to encounter, we don't have the resources for, which drive us then to rely on the presence of God. And it cannot be overstated. It cannot be overstated that the presence of God is what we need more desperately than anything else in our lives. It cannot be overstated. If there was one thing that you pull from this entire book of Joshua, it's that God promised he would be with Joshua. God would be the one who would bring about the success that he wanted. It wasn't up to Joshua just to pull himself up and do better. God would be with him. And in your own life, apart from him, the Bible makes it clear, we can do nothing. In John chapter 15, you don't have to turn there, but Jesus makes the reference and kind of creates the word picture of a vine and some branches. And he describes to his disciples how he is the vine, and they are the branches. And apart from him, they can do nothing. The other day, we, I was, uh, was out in the backyard, I noticed that, that uh, through all the different windstorms and things that we've had, and ice and rain and all that, that there was a limb of a tree, a big limb, that had, that had fallen from one tree into another. And you ever dealt with that? It's kind of lodged up in, the, in the, the, the limbs, and it really won't come out in the wind, but I was afraid that, that if the kids got out there and, and messed around with it, uh, you know, or out in the yard, that it might fall on one of them if the wind picked up a little bit, and so I, I, be, I threw a, I was... I felt like uh, I actually knew what I was doing, which it, I just got lucky, and it worked out, but I threw a rope up over the thing and started pulling on it, and it came down, and Nancy said, how'd you do that? I said, I have no idea. Don't ask me to do it again. I got lucky, but it reminded me of, of how useless and dead we are apart from Jesus Christ, apart from the presence of God, that we are absolutely useless. Just like that branch is useless apart from being united with that tree trunk, it has no chance. And in your life, the things that you'll face that are bigger than you, that you don't have the resources for, if you're not fully relying on the presence of God and calling out for Him on a regular basis, I guarantee you this, you will not find the strength and courage that you need To face down those enemies, those situations that you'll encounter. And so it cannot be overstated that apart from him we are nothing. That when God gives this promise to Joshua, there is nothing that could have spoken more encouragement to his soul than I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If there's something inside of you that doesn't get encouragement from that, then let's talk afterward, and we'll pray that God would open your eyes to the great truth that is found in what the presence of God can bring. And the truth is, it's tempting to kind of go at it alone most of the time. I told Nancy this not too long ago, that I'm thankful for the way that I was raised, and yet one of the things that I really don't like is that what, what my upbringing taught me, and this really has not a whole lot to do with my parents, just situational stuff, what it taught me was to be on my own. You ever had to live life just kind of on your own, and just you're, you're just doing it, whatever, you know, whatever situation, whether it's at work, or school, or family, or whatever it is, or you're just alone? When I was 14 and went to high school, I began to play baseball for a, for a baseball program that was year-round. And some of you can understand that, some of you said, well, you know, whatever, but it was, it was conditioning in the fall, it was weightlifting in the winter, it was practice in the spring, games through the spring, games through the summer, games in the fall. I mean, it was all the time something was going on. And so my dad has made the joke, he said, you know, it's like you left home when you were 14 because we really we didn't see you much. I was gone for 12 hours a day, and, and I got home, and I did some homework. And I went to bed, and I got up the next day, and I did it all over again. And as a, along with that, I was the only Christian that, uh, at least as far as I could tell, on, on the baseball team that I played on. And so I learned very quickly that if I was going to make it in life, I was going to have to be able to be on my own. I was going to have to stand up on my own. There was nobody that was going to be there to put their arms around me all the time. My coach wasn't a Christian. Uh, None of the guys that I know of that I played for were Christian guys at the time anyway, and very few of my... My uh, teammates went to church in any way or cared anything about God. Then I went to college. And, of course, if you've been away to college, you know that's a foreign environment for Christian people most of the time. And so I went to Murray State, loved it, but I was typically on my own there. And so one of the things that I've struggled with is relying on anybody else to help me through life. And, unfortunately, the temptation, if you're in any way like me, where those experiences have led you to be somewhat like that, the temptation is to forget... Not only, or or to believe that, well, I don't need anybody in a human form, but you know what, I'm okay on my own, period. And that can be a very tempting thing, because I've been okay on my own a lot of times. I didn't fall into a bunch of stuff in college that I didn't want to fall into. I did okay. And so sometimes the temptation is to go at it alone, because we don't realize how desperate we really are, in and of ourselves, for the presence of God, as I look back on it there's no way that I could have stood whatever I think is on my own apart from the presence of God in my life. The only way that I was able to not fall into the things that I didn't want to fall into or give into any temptations that were not of God was because of the presence of God in my life. Not because of how great and how strong and courageous I am. Because of His presence and Him living His life through me. And so if you're like that, the temptation will be for you just to go at it alone. And once we realize our our totally inept state apart from God. And it creates in us a desire to never be apart from Him again. And so if you get nothing else, as I said, from this particular book of the Bible, get this, that the presence of God was the most important thing to Joshua and the Israelites. There was nothing more important to them. Because with the presence of God, they conquered every enemy that they had. They did everything that God wanted them to do. They had success wherever they went. But apart from God, and they did spend time apart from God because of their sin. Apart from Him, when they turned their back on Him, they were defeated over and over. They were sent into exile, into slavery. They didn't get to to experience what God wanted for them because they decided to do things on their own. It's the presence of God. Not only is it something that's good, it's crucial and vital. And without Him, we are nothing. And then verse... Verses 6, the beginning of verse 6, the beginning of verse 7, the beginning of verse 9, are where we see that pattern repeated, be strong and courageous. And then verse 7, above all, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. It's interesting, when we tell someone to have courage, in a sense we're using an old sort of phrase that would say, take heart. Jesus himself said, take heart from time to time. In John John chapter 16, he said, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And when Jesus is saying that, it's words of encouragement. So when God commands this, that you should be strong and courageous, it's a command to be encouraged in your heart. And so Joshua here is challenged to operate from a strong core, from the center of who he is. If you think about the center of your entire being, just the seat of your emotions, your thoughts, your will. Your desires, what's there? And what do you find there? When you really just peel all the layers back, what do you find? Do you find the presence of God? Do you find strength in Jesus? Do you find that He's there? And so these verses be strong and courageous. It's a challenge to, there we go. I'm back on. Some of you just woke up. It's a challenge to get back to who Joshua really is, back to his core, back to his center. And the good news is that this challenge, this command to be strong and courageous isn't just something to say, well, you just sit around and just wait for God to encourage. You know, the truth is this, that it's not just sitting around, it's be strong and operate, do something from that particular strength, and so... God is almost saying to Joshua, don't just sit there, attack what you face from the center of who you are. Peel back all the layers. Get back to who God has created you to be. Get back to that new heart that He's put in you. Get back to that new creation that you are. And then attack things from that perspective. Again, I go back to the situations that you probably didn't see coming in 2008. The things that you could have never expected. Good or bad or whatever it is. Obstacles in your life, things that you just weren't looking for. How did you attack those things? Or did you just kind of let them happen to you? Now, I'm not saying that we're in charge of everything, and that's not the point. God is sovereign. He does what he wants to do. But at the same time, he says, be strong and courageous. From a strong core, the center of who you are, God says, Joshua, you're going to face some stuff. Attack it from, from a point of strength, from who you are. And so operate from a strong core. And then it's interesting that Joshua would follow Moses. Now, if you know the story of Joshua in any way, you know back a few, few books before this, back before the Israelites were, were forced to wander around in the desert for several years, there were 12 spies that were sent into the land of Canaan. Maybe you've heard this story before. And, and Moses sent these 12 spies in to figure out, can we take the land or not? God had already told him, go ahead and take it. I've given it to you. But Moses said, well, let's send some spies in to find out. And so of the 12, how many came back with a positive report? Yes, we can take it. Anybody know? Two. Ten guys said, no way. They're huge. We're like grasshoppers in their sight." basically what they said. They said, they are massive, and we can't take them. Do you know who was one of those guys with a positive report? Anybody know their names? The two guys? Caleb was one. Who was the other? Anybody know? Joshua. Joshua was a guy who from early on in his experience walking with God was a guy that had always operated from strength and courage and he had always put himself around other people who were strong and courageous. There's no accident that Joshua was chosen to follow Moses who was a strong and courageous leader. Joshua over time had put himself in position around enough people that were strong and courageous for that to rub off on him, for him to be strengthened by them. Think about the people in your life. And as we get older, obviously those people become more of sort of a... I can count them on one hand and then take away a couple of fingers, and there's really my friends, and I understand how it goes. I'm kind of seeing how that's going to be shaped through my life a little bit. But but those people that you could count on one hand, that you say, you know what, these are the people that I'm that I'm shaped by. Are they strong and courageous? Are they relying on the presence of God? Are they operating from a strong core? Who's around you? Because typically regardless of how old you may be or how young you may be typically you're going to be shaped by the people you surround yourself with and when you face tough times what do those people do do they operate from strength and courage or do they become discouraged and oh woe is me and woe is you and i don't know what to do how do they operate am i just talking about the power of positive thinking not not in any way talking about people who truly know God and are with Him on a daily basis, who then operate from that strength. Joshua was great about surrounding himself and following strong and courageous people. And as we looked at this morning, not only did he understand what the task was and what he was up against, and not only did he rely fully on the presence of God and was challenged to do so and operate from a a strong core and to get around strong and courageous people, but as we saw this morning, in verse 7, check it out. Above all, be very strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. He, he knew... And God commanded him, along with his strength and courage, part of it that helps you operate with strength and courage is to be faithful and obedient to the word of God. God has his part that he must bring his presence to our situation or we're hopeless. And we have our part that we must be faithful and obedient to his word. And somehow in that partnership, somehow God works through us and in us to create for us what he desires. And I can't fully explain all that to you. Because God is sovereign, He can do anything He wants, anytime He wants, with anybody He wants. And yet there is our responsibility alongside that to be faithful and obedient to God's Word. And I guarantee you this, that if you've had times in your life where you've been consistent in being faithful and obedient to His Word, you've seen your strength increase. You've seen your courage go up just a little bit. And the flip side of that is also true. That in those times where we've been faithless and we've lacked obedience to God's Word, probably we found ourselves a little bit weak, a little bit timid, a little bit confused as to what to do when we encounter obstacles. The presence of God is vital, and our response to that, being faithful and obedient to the Word of God, is vital as well. The whole passage here is based upon, this whole thing hinges on the presence of God and the faithfulness of the Israelite people to His Word. Joshua had no chance of success apart from his faithfulness to the Word of God. And that's to be his foundation. Then finally look at verse 9, the second part. God says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm not naive enough to think that the situations that we face don't have the power to discourage us, don't have the power to make us afraid. I've been fearful of different situations I've faced. Maybe you're the same way. I've been discouraged by things that have happened in my life. But God commands, he says, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid, for God will be with you wherever you go. So no matter what things look like, you don't have to receive negativity. It's not a matter of positive thinking, as I said. It's a matter of standing on the truth of God's word, that he is with you, that he will give you success wherever you go by your faithfulness and obedience to his word and there's no doubt there's going to be plenty of negative i think god knew this i think that it's no accident that he would close this particular introduction to what's going to happen with a statement don't be afraid don't be discouraged because he knew that over the next 24 chapters and over the life of the israelite people as you'll see in judges and so on that there would be plenty of opportunity for negativity and discouragement And that's why God told Joshua, I think, so many times, be strong and courageous. Those words there, be encouraged at your very core, because the Lord your God is with you. And this verse, this little passage, ends with reliance on God. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I don't want us to to forget about that, because it's hopeless without Him. Life apart from Jesus Christ, apart from the presence of God in your life, is hopeless. No matter how old you are, how young you are, it's hopeless. So again, if you get nothing else, get the fact that we've got to be desperate for the presence of God to show up in our lives or we don't stand a chance. We're like that limb in a tree that's dead and good for nothing except just to be pulled down and thrown away. But with the presence of God in our lives, coupled with our faithfulness and obedience to His Word, we come alive in ways that we probably don't even imagine yet. And we have the courage and strength then to attack the situations we face in a way that would be pleasing to God. So where will you find that strength and courage that you need for life's journey? Because each and every time we look at the Scripture, not only do we discover what it means, but we also are challenged to go and live it out. And so tomorrow, and the next day, and the week after that, and the remainder of this year, and the remainder of your life, you will be challenged over and over and over as to where you're going to find strength and courage for those things that arise that you don't know what to do with. For those situations that happen that you say, "I, I don't have it within me, I don't have the resources, I can't figure it out. And yet, if you will come back to being centered on the presence of God and putting your faith in Him alone and living out faithfulness and obedience to God's Word, you will find the strength and courage. Because it's not something that's human. It's God made and God ordained, and it will come into your life in a miraculous way. And that doesn't mean that every situation you face will become different, but you'll become different, and that's God's whole point. It's to make us different, to make us like Him. Jesus himself was the most strong and courageous person that's ever existed on the face of the earth. And in the face of something that he didn't deserve, he faced it with strength and with courage and went to the cross. We follow his example. We live in his presence. We let him live his life through us. Regardless of what we face, we don't have to be discouraged, we don't have to be defeated. Because with Him we have victory in all things. The Bible says that God has made us more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I guess the challenge then is to be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and whatever you face. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you strengthen us and give us courage challenge us each day to be more faithful and more obedient to your word than we were the day before and god regardless of what age we are whether we're young or whether we're old or somewhere in between god may we not take today lightly May we not take tomorrow lightly but as a gift from you to be faithful and obedient to who you have made us to be thank you for the truth in your word and god we thank you that your presence comes with a promise that you will never leave us and never forsake us that you'll be with us wherever we go and God I I know that that without your presence Lord we might as well close up shop and go home because apart from you we're just like that limb in a tree that's useless and so God we thank you for making us useful through your presence in that alone may we be desperate more and more for that and God, may we be a church that experiences the presence of God on a weekly and daily basis in our own lives and collectively. God, I pray for those who are facing situations even now that, that, are, that are insurmountable, just like that Jordan River that's flooded over. And God, we'll read later in the story that you parted those waters. And so God, we pray for a miracle in the situations of illness and of relationship problems and all the things that seem so difficult that we don't have the resources for, God, we pray that your presence would show up in a mighty way, in a way that only you could take the credit for, that only you could get glory for, and God, we'd have nothing to say but praise God. Or would you show up in that way? And God, in the meantime, in the midst of all that, would you grow us into the people that you want us to be, strong and courageous, faithful and obedient to your word. And God, in all that, we thank you for your presence. And Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross for our sins. It's in your name we pray. Amen.